stuff. Take a deep breath. Don't lose heart. You gotta start at the start. Solve the problem, save the day. day it's always a great day but this is a particularly good day because i get to spend a little bit of time with my new buddy roger day roger welcome to the good stuff kids podcast how are you today i am doing great it's good to hear from you mike how are you i'm doing great too it's uh we we were sort of commiserating about where we are in the world i'm in houston you're in nashville you have hot chicken i have fajitas but you know, it's not all about the food. That's not why we're here today. Oh, you also have goo goo clusters. Are you are you yes. down with the goo goo? We do. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you know, longtime Tennesseans would technically say that was you know more Chattanooga. Oh, uh, okay. In Nashville, but uh, but uh, you know, yeah, goo goo clusters are, are are awesome too. Awesome. So you are a, a musician and you're doing music for kids and families. And and it's not always like the, the trajectory, right? Like when, when I started playing music in, in high school and college, I was not about to be like, you know, and I'm going to talk to a lot of people who are doing music for, for families and really get into that because I think it's really, really important. Rather, it was like, I'm going to be on tour and I'm going to open for the Smashing Pumpkins or what have you. So I'm <laughs> guessing your story has a little bit of a similar arc. So give us a little bit about your, your musical background story what instruments do you play like that kind of stuff yeah well um i uh you know the basic stuff is i i play guitar and uh and play ukulele a good bit and uh you know i'm serviceable on piano to to do some writing but i've always i always tell people that i play guitar only because i love to sing and i love to write songs those are the things that i'm really passionate about and uh so i i get to a certain you know i've gotten to a certain level of musicianship with the guitar and I'm happy, you know, I don't have to be Dwayne Allman, you know, it's like, I'm <laughs> good. I'm good being just, you know, hitting out some chords and, uh, and discovering melodies and, and having fun with, with, with ideas. Um, but I've had several different musical careers and, and, um, I'm going to guess that this has been a part of almost every conversation you have with someone who does family music where, um, you know, you, you kind of start off the you're you're playing cover tunes, you're playing your favorites, you're playing Tom Petty, you're playing you know Jimmy Buffett, REM. Uh, it kind of probably dates me a little bit, but that's the <laughs> no, that's, that's Dave Matthews, of course, yeah. And um, and then but you're but you're going, you know, I really want to I want to write, you know, my my heroes growing up were James Taylor and uh, and obviously John Lennon, Paul McCartney, you know, and I was like that's Paul Simon. Those are my heroes. Those are the people that I wanted to be like. And obviously you, you're you're looking at that and you're going, they're creating their own music. That's what I want to do. Um, and so you kind of transition from that. For me, I was doing a lot of the cover tunes, um, then transitioned to doing my own music. And and all along the way, I was, I was building this foundation, uh, not knowing that I was building a foundation for a career in family music. Because when you're doing cover tunes, you learn... First of all, you just learn your craft. You learn your you learn stage craft. You learn what it's like to hold an audience's attention, and and uh, you've got to be a little bit of an entertainer, and and uh, um, you learn about pacing a show. So so did did a lot of that. You also just you know when you're playing for four hours, 
you just get stronger and tougher you know, <laughs> as, a, as a singer and as a musician. And um, so then I transitioned from that, did that for about three, three or four years, um, played with some, you know, some, some friends. And then I had an opportunity to, to play uh, college coffee house shows through the National Association of Campus Activities. Um, did that for about 10 years, played 200 colleges all over the country, literally from California to Maine. And that was a different kind of challenge because then you, it's just you. It's just you on stage and you've got all these people looking at you and they're ready for you to say something interesting. <laughs> so you're like, oh, oh okay. gosh, I you're bringing swing this. Yeah, you're bringing back some post-traumatic stress. Oh, I know that feeling. That's <laughs> so great. Yep. Uh-huh. So, um, so, yeah, so then you then you kind of um, and I don't know about what what um, kind of your arc was, but. You know, when you're doing long cover gigs, uh, you can kind of get away with a lot of things. You know, you can miss chords and words and, you know, maybe just take a, a long tuning break or something. But when you're doing coffee house shows uh, and you got an hour and a half, it's much more um, structured. And so I learned that if I told, told a story, it, it really needed to have a beginning and a middle and an end. <laughs> Or more to the point, it needed to have a point. Right, uh, right. You yeah, your uh, your stage banter game had to be uh, right. Had to be very, very strong. And then at that point, I had moved to Nashville. I was writing songs. I realized how little I knew about writing songs. And then you would go to places in Nashville, um, go to the Bluebird Cafe, and you're hearing the best of the best of the song craftsmen. And um, that was just such a wake up call for me. So, um, you know, kind of stumbling into it accidentally, all of those things came together. Um, the craftsmanship of writing songs, the ability to kind of know what you were saying. And then there's the ability to hold an audience's attention um, all of that kind of came together. And I, I realized with the kids, the kids music, it's like, I love this. Uh -huh. Oh man, I <laughs> really, really love this. Um, so, so I, that really was, uh, you know, late, late nineties, early two thousands. And, um, I, uh, I had a really good college career going. Um, and I told my agent, uh, I said, yeah, I'm going to play kids music now. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he went, Oh, are you serious? Really? I said, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's good. I think that's where I need to be. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my, um, uh, that that's been my journey. Right. And there, I just want to fill in like one minor gap that I read about with you, um, which I think is really, really, uh, shows, a, I don't know exactly what the word is, but it, it was just really smart, I think on your part, which was you would have these gigs, right. But you would sort of round out the gigs as you were right. starting to explore the, the kids, music, family music side of things, and, and you got an award for it. So tell us a little bit about how, how yeah. that figured in. One of the things when I was, when I was, because when you're doing the college tours, I don't know if you did any of the, um, the NACA tours, um, and you would, it's, um, you would typically play a, a, a college and then you would drive 400, 500 miles the next day to the next college. And you would do that over, you know, two, three week period. And um, uh, so I, I just I wanted to have more of an impact 
when I was on the college campuses because I, I, I enjoyed, and at this point I was in my late twenties, early thirties. So I was, I was a little more, um, of a, you know, kind of on the, the mentor side with the college students. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, um, you know, there's gotta be more that I can do with this opportunity that I'm having, uh, to, to visit with people, to, to form these relationships with these college students. And, um, and I had been writing kids songs and I'd been writing kids songs for my nieces and nephews, um, as Christmas presents. And I do that every year and I'd write one song and, and, um, and so I had a handful of them. Um, and so that's, that's when I started doing this with, with the, on the college campuses where we would typically go to a, a Head Start program. And then it became, it just, um, it became a deeper, richer experience when I was on the college campus, because then those same students that will be coming to my show that night, we would have, we would have spent the afternoon together. Um, and we would have, have been working with, with kids. And, and, um, it just, I found that then when I performed that night, it just, it had, there was just more depth to the whole experience for, for me. And I think for the college students and, uh, and for the faculty members that were, were sponsoring me. Um, and then the NACA gave me the, uh, the Harry Chapin award for contributions to humanity. All right. Which is, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I still have the medals. Good. Sitting on myself, uh, <laughs> holding, holding down, uh, you know, some of my college papers. So, oh, that's uh, great. um, but I was a big Harry Chapin fan growing up. So that was a, just a huge honor. I think they'd given it to Jimmy Carter the year before they gave it to me. So, wow. um, it was like, all right, I'll take this. Uh, this so is great. great. So great. Um, yeah. That's such yeah. a, so, I mean, it's the power of relationships, right? Like you right. saw that by spending a little bit of different time with the, the students and faculty on campus by, helping them to give back in a real way to the community that, you know, you make relationships, they come to the shows. Like it's, it's all makes a lot of sense. And it's really, really nice. Really, really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still in touch with lots of those college students who are now, you know, they've got kids and they're, they'll, they'll come to my shows and, uh, That's awesome. and, and, and uh, it's just, it's been fun. So obviously it struck a chord somewhere in people's hearts and, yeah. and that makes me feel good. Yeah, definitely. And so, so you you you, you forge on into this, uh, into this career in, uh, in family music and I'm looking, it looks to me like there are one, two, three, four, I can count five, six, six records and maybe more. Um, but I'm seeing six and, uh, there's a lot here, right? There's a lot of material to get into, but what I'm really interested in, and we're going to get to the new album shortly, but I want to, I want to hear a little bit because there's some real, like kind of focused things going on on these albums. And, and two in particular that I think are, I'd like to get a little bit of backstory on is um, your record. Why does gray matter? Which is a brilliant <laughs> play on words, brilliant. And then um, marsh mud madness. So t just like, in a sort of an overview, maybe tell us a little bit about why does gray matter and highlight one of the songs. Cause we really want people to go and check this out. Like, I, I think it's, yeah. it's, it really, uh, it is really focused and really good. So take it away. Well, uh, why does gray matter is the song I wrote with a, a national songwriter, Chris Roberts, um, who's, who's done some, done some great things here in Nashville. And, uh, um, you know, we were, I was writing songs about, the brain 
Um, and I, I joke with people that you can tell the ages of my three children because I start off, I think my first album, I'm talking about pointing your finger to your nose, yeah. you know, jump up and turn around. Uh, um, and then by the, t- by the time they're in middle school, I'm writing about how the brain works. And, <laughs> you've, you know. you've grown and matured <laughs> with uh, your kids. That's so great. Yeah. Right. I think, um, I think I stretched, uh, the, the, my lyrical, uh, abilities as far as they could go on what is great matter. Um, but, uh, that's one of the great things about writing specifically for children and for families is that there really aren't any rules. Um, and you can throw things into a song and it makes sense in the kids song. Whereas if you were trying to do, you know, I was trying to be a, a serious singer songwriter and it might not fly in that setting. It may sound pretentious, but then you, you know, you throw in the amygdala into a song <laughs> and it's like, Oh yeah, the amygdala, I love the amygdala. You yeah. know? Um, <laughs> it's just like, as long as you say, with a smile on your face and you know it yeah. works out um, that's that's but, some, of the, some of the tricks that you learned along the way right playing all these gigs yeah yeah huh. awesome and Sarah cerebellum the brainy girl another yes yeah, that, that is that is one of my favorite songs uh just the way it turned out the the production um is uh just i i love the production on that song it's got this uh sort of jangly guitar that my friend Chaz williams had has played on just about everything I've done. Um, you know, he, he just totally jumped into that. And, and uh, um, you know, I just, and I love the idea of, um, you know, empowering kids and, and, and having kids that just aren't afraid of problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, they welcome problems. They want to, they want to solve problems. And I love creating those kinds of characters that, that, uh, are you know they're they're ready to work it out you know mm-hmm. give, give them a, give them something tougher yeah and uh, they're, they're they they can handle it and yeah. I do think generally kids can 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 handle more intellectually than maybe we give them credit for they got they've got more going on I have I just I'm gonna have a tremendous respect for the intelligence of even young kids. Um, and don't take it for granted. And, um, uh, you know, if the hook is, is doing something kind of fun and we're dancing and making goofy faces, if that's the hook, then, then that's, I'm happy to use it. Uh, um, but I, but I feel like the, the really important stuff is it's there. And, and I've been doing this long enough that, um, uh, I, I just, I got a note, uh, from, one of my longtime fans and he's just, he's starting at Notre Dame. It was always, oh, his dream. Wow. Notre Dame. and, cool. uh, and I'm, Oh, I'm going to blow it. He, well, I'm brain freeze. He, he sent me the Latin, uh, uh, <laughs> what do you say? Brain freeze. Oh, I'm blowing it. I'm sorry, CJ. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll make it up. To CJ you. will understand. No worries. <laughs> no worries. We're digging deep here. We're digging deep. Yeah. So you also have a record that came out in 2013 and I, I'm like holding on to a, like a like a, a like a line I want to use on you here. And I'm not sure if I should do it before or after we uh, we introduce the record, but like I'm going to go for it. So I have a long I have a long held long standing belief that the greatest first track 
on a record that has ever been put out is Good Times, Bad Times on okay. Zeppelin 1, followed by <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle, but not so closely. However, <laughs> I think that Good Times, Bad Times, while like one of the greatest of all time, has been supplanted by the first track on Marsh Mud Madness, which is called Vulture Vomit. <laughs> and I think you like in addition to your to the to the Harry Chapin Award, which is really, really important and really meaningful. You also own the award from the Good Stuff Kids podcast of the best opening track on an album potentially of all time. So so tell me a little bit about and this record is thematic, too. So what's the backstory behind the, the songs that are on this record? Well, it's 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 interesting. Kind of one of the uh, kind of the underlying themes of all of this is how. Um, for, you know, musicians who might be listening, um, any creative person, how, uh, how things tend to build on each other in unexpected ways. And because I had done this whole album about, about the brain, there was um, there, the, the Georgia Sea Grant, which is based out of the University of Georgia, they had some grant money to create a musical piece to draw awareness to the importance of uh, of the the saltwater marshes, um, they have a it's it's a fascinating place. Um, it's called Sapelo Island. It's wholly owned by the state of Georgia. It's the least populated barrier island on the Atlantic coast, and um, it's mainly just a research facility there for the University of Georgia Marine Institute. And people, scientists, come from all over the world, and they go there and they they, they study saltwater marshes. Um, and so, uh, I've played the Savannah music festival a lot over the years. And the, the, the guy that, that, uh, founded the Savannah music festival also founded the Lincoln center for jazz, a guy named Rob Gibson. And, um, so Georgia C. Grant knew about Rob, knew about his history with the Lincoln center for jazz. And they had this grant money for, for an artistic piece to draw attention to how important the saltwater marshes are and, and I think they were thinking we're going to get somebody named Marsalis uh, doing something really <laughs> cool, and maybe we get to go to dinner. And, you know, so yeah, you can see where it's going. And Rob, Rob said, "Oh, it's a great idea. I know the perfect musician, and they're waiting. Who's it going to be? Somebody really famous, Roger Day." Yeah, oh, that's okay. the choice. There's only yeah, one choice, right? and it's Roger Day. <laughs> and he said. And it, he, because his point was, said, if you really want to move the needle on this and you really want to make an impact long term, you need to get this in front of uh, children and you need to get it in schools. And this is what my friend Roger does. And uh, um, easily the most fascinating thing that I've ever done. So I spent a week on this island and just got the tour from all of these scientists, I, I was a German major in college. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't really have any scientific background. And, um, but they took me all over the place. I helped them do the experiments. Um, I, you know, we saw dolphins, we found, you know, snakes and air, you know, went on the beaches, saw turtles, all this great stuff. And my job, was to put it all together in a narrative um, that would fit for elementary school science curriculum. And 
as as a creative person, it was just well. First, I was scared to death. I mean, honest, honestly, I mean, I was like, I don't really know what you want here or how I'm going to do this, and um, and it just started coming together, um, and uh, <laughs> and then vulture vomit. That was uh, <laughs> that was the icing on the cake. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it goes really well with the mosquito burrito, the vulture vomit icing. Yeah, tell me and, more. And it was a true story. I, my my friend, uh, uh, Dr. Crawford, everybody calls him Crawfish, and he's he's infamous and famous uh, on uh, on Tybee Island. And anybody, if anybody knows the Barrier Islands down in down in Georgia, everybody knows who John Crawford is, and um, he's irresistible. He in uh, his encyclopedic in his knowledge. And um, we've been doing this for several days. And there was a, a pine tree and it was just filled with with vultures, mainly black vultures. And um, I just was, you know, kind of punchy and said, hey, um, let's go scare all the vultures. And, and, um, and John grabbed me by the shirt and said, Roger, you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. So I tell that story in the song. It's just, you know, it's, uh, um, so I'm, I am, so, man, you made my day that <laughs> you noticed that song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in addition, the Mosquito Burrito, which is, uh, one of uh, a very well known song of yours is on this record as well. Um, and I, I, I want to focus on some other stuff, but, um, I do also want to point people towards that song to get a, you know, all of these things are just, tastes of of what you bring to the table and there's so much to discover and so much to think about and so much to learn about which brings us to the latest record um which i don't think is all too it's it's not a very old record like it's recently come out right like maybe in the last couple yeah, of weeks like uh friday like friday so this is like <laughs> hot 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 off the presses um this is and it's called invincible and i watched I actually um, I watched the, this new superhero movie that came out, and there's yeah. a guy in it that looked a little bit like you. I'm not saying it was you, <laughs> but looked a little bit like you who who was singing one of your songs. Um, and the video is amazing. So just tell me about this song, Invincible, and and what it means to you. And and I, I love the message behind it. And and I, uh, I would love for folks to hear from you what it's all yeah. about. The the um this. This album came about uh, over really a, a two-year period, maybe three-year period, where I, when I started writing these songs. And I do a lot of library work during the summer, uh, play a lot of summer libraries, uh, our summer reading programs all over the country. And I don't always do a song with the theme, um, but but this this particular year, it was about you know being a superhero, how reading can make you a superhero. And I went, ah, oh, that's that sounds like you know that that needs a song that needs its own treatment and um so i had a writing session scheduled with a really talented songwriter here in nashville named josh castle and uh um so uh and you know i don't know uh, how much you've done of of co-writing with people in the nashville way i i haven't done a lot of it um so this was sort of a you know kind of dipping my toe in the water mm -hmm. and you know what you do is you you, you sit on your back porch and you uh, you say, what kind of ideas, what have you got? What have you got? What have you got? And, uh, so I told Josh, I said, uh, 
you know, I'm going to be playing a bunch of libraries. It's a superhero theme um, about re how reading makes you a superhero. And he was like, ah. Oh. And he just almost, almost immediately starts playing like that kind of mysterious yeah, that secret riff. agent kind yeah. of lick on the guitar. Yeah. And, and the way I write songs is a lot of times it's just the first thing that pops into my head. The melody and the words will just happen. And so I just went, I'm invincible. It's undeniable. And we're like, Oh man, That's we got to write this. Um, yeah. So the, the thing I love about this whole project is that it's, that it is about superheroes. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's really how kids already have every tool that they need to solve the problem and save the day using their imagination by using their critical thinking um they actually don't need heroes it's sort of it's kind of my subversive superhero album you know? uh, yeah 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 <laughs> so it's uh, so invincible the the, the the title song you know it's it's that you know you can you can do it all through the pages of a book you can use your imagination and i'm thinking when i'm writing this song i'm thinking not only like you know you can learn how to do something from a book but just just you know, simply using your imagination, thinking about all the great books I read when I was a kid and that my kids read and um, just encouraging kids to to kind of plant that seed deeper in their hearts so that when they're older, they'll kind of go back and go, yes, I'm invincible. Yeah. It's undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you tied in the idea of solving the problem, saving the day, kids using their brains. Cause I was going to say like, let's get back to this idea of, of problems that you brought up when talking yeah. about the gray matter. Um, is that, Oh geez. Did I say that right? Why does gray matter? Um, that, that record and yeah. the idea of problem solving kids using their brains. And I love that. The, the, like that thematic line continues to run through that. So, so you have the video for Invincible. I want everyone to check it out. We're going to play the song Invincible after our, our episode, after our conversation here. But there's so much more as, as we've truly barely begun to scratch the surface in so many ways on on all of the amazing work that you've done. So, Roger, what's the best way for, for us to keep up with you and to follow you? And, and if there's anything you're doing now, I mean, so much of the world has moved online yeah. in, in response to this pandemic that we're in the thick of. Uh, just ways that people can can keep up with you, see you, oh. interact, whatever it may be. The, the best thing to do is to go to my website, rogerday.com, rogerday.com, and the video is right there. It says Invincible has landed, and you can watch watch me be a 57-year-old superhero. Um, and, uh, <laughs> wait a second. That was you? No. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe it was. Um, and uh, sign up for my email list. I, I do... Um, I send out email updates and you, I call them, I call you, I'll, I'll call you my secret agents, you know? And, uh, um, so, but on the website, there are, uh, there's all kinds of study guides, you know, for families that might be at home right now, you can make your own, uh, superhero cape and tell your own superhero story, depending on the ages of your kids. We've kind of pitched it for, from preschoolers up to elementary school kids, but that's the best thing to do. Then I'm, easy to find on Facebook, Roger Day Music on Facebook, um, and it's Roger Day Kids Song on Instagram, and um, and so those are 
those are great ways to to stay in touch. Oh yeah, and the Roger Day music on on YouTube, so awesome. you can you can see the Invincible video. And we're hoping to do more. Um, we're we're in production to do a a jetpack video that I think I think you're gonna like. I, uh, I'm guaranteed I'll like it. Are you kidding yeah. me? I've been waiting. <laughs> Um, all right, Roger. Well, thank you so much. It was so great talking to you and hearing your story. And I want to thank you for, for sharing all oh. of the, the work that you've done. This is really, truly a treat. It was awesome. Oh. Well, Mike, I have, I have just one more thing to, to say. And I, I, um, when I did, uh, when I wrote the song, saw the problem, save the day, um, there's, there's a, key line in there and i wrote this a couple of years ago but it's what i want to leave everybody with now mm. and i hope that kids and families and parents and teachers sort of take this to heart was where i say life is full of problems but it's full of answers too and i truly believe that i do believe life is full of answers and i want kids to hold that in their hearts i want parents and teachers who are starting off the school year hold that in your heart because that is absolutely true that we have some kids that are listening to this right now that are going to they're they're going to solve they're going to solve problems so it's going to be i'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with awesome beautiful sentiment beautiful thank you for sharing that um all right roger well, thanks so much thanks mike Running through the woods in a superhero cape, chasing down your nemesis, the no good evil genius foe. And despite your x ray vision and your really cool shoes, suddenly you realize that you don't know which way to go. That's when you slow down, take a Start at the start Solve the problem Save the day Save the problem Save the day Save the day You look this way, that way and Upside down Searching for a clue But everywhere you look Is someplace you've looked before and then you feel a little panic Cause you're afraid that he's escaped again And you're thinking to yourself He's gotta have a secret door That's when you slow down Take a deep breath Don't lose heart You gotta start at the start So to you Life is full of problems, but it's full of answers too You're the superhero 
And you've got what it takes To put those clues together And put the bad guy in his place Stuff.